This episode is brought to you by Bloat Games. Hi, folks, Old Man Grognard here. If you're looking for games that combine the classic RPG feel with the light, concise rule set of today's indie games in a variety of genres, you gotta check out Bloat Games. Their Survive This Rules take a cue from the old school games of yore and combine them with a stripped down but easy to understand mechanic that plays fast and fun, giving you an exciting, thrilling game session every time. Whether it's fighting off zombies, swinging a great axe and slinging spells in dark, dangerous, creature-filled forests, riding your 10-speed bike through monster-infested suburbs, or keeping the city streets safe from superpowered menaces, the Survive This System is the one that'll keep your players coming back to the table. Check out these great RPGs, in addition to card games and other fantastic things they offer, at blokegames.squarespace.com or at drivethroughrpg.com. Bloke Games. The worlds are fiction, but the fun is real. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff. With your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. Nice day out. All right. First off, we've got a voicemail from Randy from Biggest Geekus. Go ahead, Randy. Hey, Glenn. I don't know if my last message got through. It's in regard to your critical condition episode. Oh, and by the way, this is Randy. Uh, best of luck on your move. But um, in your critical conditions, you made an idea of a comment of a crit and then the idea of rolling again to see if you hit. That's called confirming the crit. We did it in third edition. To my knowledge, that was the first time it was done in D&D. Um, there's a good point to that. There's a reason for that. Not that I necessarily want to use it, but they had the reason is if you're a lowly kobold and you're fighting a 15th level fighter, 20th level fighter, and you have a 30 armor class, I mean, you can't hit it without a 20. That's the only way. So if a kobold hits you on a 20... Then that's automatic. Then, then that's an automatic crit. And then, yeah, you crit him. You hit, you crit. Every cobalt that hits a 20th level fighter crits him. That's kind of silly. So, what they did is they made you confirm it because you're unlikely to roll 20 and 20. Um, I personally don't care for it. I like roll a 20, call it good. Um, so I'm always open to new ideas. And I'm like you, I'm not a big fan of fumbles either. They seem to work out strangely. Anyway, take care. Good moving. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, confirming the crit, we used to call it backing a crit. We used to, that, that happened all the way back in first edition. I, I don't, you're right. I don't like it either. And the justification, I guess, is okay. But me being the game master I am, I would probably let it stand if a kobold managed to hit a, a 20th level fighter, which is going to be rare enough. And whatever a kobold does, I would only double it because... What are they going to do? A D4 or something like that? Eight points of damage. Whoop de whoop de do. And yeah, I I didn't like. Also, I didn't like it because some game masters carried it too far. They would make you back the crit, and then he would make you back it again. Usually, it was like, okay, I did a natural twenty. Roll it to see if you hit it normally. Okay, fine, you hit normally, and then they do something like, okay, do it again and see if you. You double the damage. Look, I've already doubled the damage, okay? I've already doubled the damage in doing the crit in the first place. And, you know, I, you know and I'm all for things like, you know, exploding dice and stuff, but this is ridiculous. So, yeah, that, that kind of thing really doesn't have much place for me in my, in, at my table. Yeah, fumbles can be kind of wonky, but they're fun to do. Anyway, thank you, Randy. Thanks for calling that in. Well, I had an idea for a possible 
premise for a campaign. And once again, it's one of those things where the PCs work for this this whatever, and it gives you it gives you access to, or rather, gives you ideas for what they can do. How about a series of PCs or a, a, a group of PCs who work for an underwater salvage, underwater salvage group, corporation, whatever, whatever you want to call it, company. And that, it's because, you know, you can do a lot of things with, with underwater scenarios and, you know, waterborne scenarios. There, I'm kind of like a, I don't know. I got a I got a love hate relationship with it because I never wanted to put them underwater because I didn't want to deal with things like water breathing spells or rings of free action or stuff like that. And I just you know I just didn't want to deal with it. But then I thought, well, there are a lot of possibilities. Anything from you know dealing with a monster that's terrorizing a coastal coastal port to trying to trying to capture a monster for some rich patron to just just salvaging a wreck. So this wreck went down, this pirate ship went down, or this wreck went down with like all this gold on it or something like that. You know, basically what they do these days. And, you know, you can have pirates, you can have monsters, you can have anything you want to deal with. And it's just, you know... It's there, and if you want to deal with underwater civilizations like sea elves or Sahugan or things like that, you've got those monsters in there. It gives you something a little different, is what I'm saying. What if you run into some pirates that are made up solely of orcs, goblins, and other kind of humanoid monsters like that? I could see like a bugbear ogre or even a minotaur captain of the ship that would be fun you also got it's also an easy way to do things like get on the isle dread or some other port of call like that that's really mysterious i mean you can go anywhere with that um above and below the sea under the sea under the sea under the sea so the the possibilities are endless there it's you know wandering monsters gets a little unique then you know, things boarding the ship, some sea monster attacking the ship, uh, things like that. You know, you can even do stuff like whaling or or something. Anyway, that's something to think about. You know, there's there's all sorts of there's all sorts of possibilities in there. So I will leave you with that. I'm going to go start a day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar.gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month of YouTube can help support this program, and I, can, I would thank you. We have a single donation option at my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognar. You have anything from three bucks all the way up to however much you want to give. And I would thank you. Think I got this script down? I would also like to thank these people who give who donate monthly. Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan, Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, John, Alan, Aaron, Michael, Randy, and Joe. Thank you very much. And if you guys want to hear some great podcasts, there is Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognar Podcast. Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert Podcast. Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast. Daniel Norton at the Bandis Key Podcast. 
Randy and Joe over at the Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.